Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. And this is Jordan, Jesse, go! This week on Jordan, Jesse, go. Jordan and Jesse go to the movies, but get pretty well sidetracked. We visit with Juanita. It's a regular Whitman sampler. Let's go. It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Jordan, today we are just recording. Today we are multi-tracking. Oh, because you have a fancy new fan... Fancer recorder. We got this. We got this Onyx. Mm-hmm. Onyx board. Wow. Yeah. Onyx. That's a valuable mineral from biblical times. You got it. It's, it's a big upgrade. We were previously using a myrrh board. Do people still use the mineral Onyx for things? Is that like an inlaid ring, maybe? Yeah. A spearhead. What right. did you oh, make? Yeah, for one of these modern spears. <laughs> you know, like or okay. A, what? okay, sorry. I don't I didn't I was at if there's it seemed like to me something that, you know, it's you're ancient. right. It's it's not a spear, but they do use it in modern times, like for like for an arrowhead, for example. Okay. Yeah, like if you're doing some, some uh bow, bow hunting. Bow hunting, sure. And people like bow hunting. People love bow hunting. No, they do. Jordan I don't know. I feel like you're really shitting on my onyx here. I just don't want to talk about the sound equipment that I know nothing about. I would rather talk about the mineral I know nothing about. <laughs> oh, man. We got a really cool Jordan Jesse go this week. We got Juanita coming up. Great. Jordan, anytime I get to talk, any day I get to talk to Juanita is the best day of my week. Sure. Right? It's Yeah, but she's, she's, she's wonderful. Decidedly wonderful. She's a lifestyle guru, Jordan. Mm-hmm. She's like, you know, the Dallas stockbroker on Marketplace? Uh, yes. Ooh, she's like our Dallas stockbroker on Marketplace, only hopefully not annoying. Hey, uh, uh, also, I would like to use this kind of top of the show general yeah. chit chat to say thank you to Ebeth for a oh. lovely Valentine's Day packet she sent me. You know, now, Jordan, because you're not married, you get a Valentine's Day packet. And sure. also because you're much more well liked than I am. Yeah, it's not, it's, it's inappropriate to send a married man a Valentine's, a Valentine's Day, Day package. Now, but I, I don't think I was outside of my rights and responsibilities to enjoy a few of the Skittles that were in the package. Sure. I mean, I, I, I know that the Valentine's Day candies within the package were meant. For, 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 for me. For general but, consumption. But I don't think, Ebeth, I shared some with you. I shared some with uh, Brian, the new intern. He sampled some of Mr. Whitman's confections with me. What's nice about Mr. Whitman, Yes, I'll tell you this, Jordan, mm-hmm. is a lot of confectioners will force you to choose one confection sure. from their line, which is typically composed of many confections, mm-hmm. And they will force you to purchase an entire case of one, say, a peanut brittle. Sure, a flat. Oftentimes, exactly. I'll have to buy a, a flat of caramel if you go chews. See, if you go see Mr. Schmidt. Mm-hmm. If you go see Mr. Uh, Ghirardelli. Miss C's. Exactly. C's. What's nice C's. about Mr. Whitman mm-hmm. is that he offers you a sampler. Yeah. A selection of confections 
and you can decide which one you like. You, do you like nougat? Do you like uh, uh, taffy? Yeah. I mean, I hear he came up with... <laughs> I, I just made myself laugh with my own <laughs> joke. <laughs> Oh, I'm an asshole. <laughs> what was it, though? <laughs> no, I don't know. It's probably not even worth saying no, anymore. Right. This one, I think you have to say it or else yeah. people are going to be upset. I was going to say he came up with the idea. We should, let me let me inter- interject here to say that if Jordan makes himself laugh at his own joke, it's usually not it's because probably... it's the most amazing joke. It's mostly because he's he's laughing in wonderment at the fact that his mind developed this joke that is uh, so sort of... A combination of silly, nonsensical, probably may- maybe not even worth thinking of. You know what I mean? Uh, no, I think it's just because I'm a dick. Um, <laughs> I'll tell the joke anyways, though. Okay. Uh, Mr. Whitman came up with the idea when he realized he liked uh, white chicks as well as Asians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, you're just a dick. Yeah. Well, anyway, I'm, I'm glad I'm not the one being a dick on this week's yeah, show. Yeah, right, come the, on. The only dick move that I pulled was trying to talk about my new uh, my new mixer. Yeah, there's some other kind of audio guy podcast that you can do. Yeah, I should just talk to this some is, this audio is a general, guy. This is a general interest podcast. Sorry, I thought it was a recording technology podcast. <sighs> general interest well, at least we got some minerals talk in there. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves minerals. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. You know, Jordan, here we are in Hollywood. Mm hmm. The City of Dreams. Yes. Tinseltown. Mm-hmm. You know why they call it Tinseltown, Jordan? Because <sighs> every day feels like Christmas? Because it's the City of Dreams. Oh, right. And dreams are made out of tinsel. Gotcha. You didn't know that? Yeah, they're wispy. Yeah. Like a wispy, gossamer. fragile. Like a gossamer penguin. Sure. What is that? <laughs> what? The thing you said? Yeah. I, I just I, say nonsense phrases, Jordan. I guess so. I'm tired. I'm you know I'm going to a conference. I'm just talking nonsense nah, at this point. It's fine. It's Whatever. gone. Well, I we'll appreciate just... that, Jordan. You're just so you're just excited because you have a Valentine this year. Yeah, and a big box full of candies. You thought Coco was going to have to be your Valentine? Yeah. <laughs> nope. Got uh, got a late Valentine <laughs> via the mail. My uh, my mom mm-hmm. uh, sent a Valentine's card mm-hmm. to Coco. Did you get one? No. Yeah. I did not. Oh, at this but, but, point, I mean, Coco knows she's one of those reading dogs, right? You know, no, no, a reader, no, a reader no, dog. No, 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 no. Coco has a typical to slightly below average level of intelligence for a dog. Okay. She's uh, active and inquisitive, which gives her the appearance of intelligence. Sure. Um, but I really don't think she's really any smarter she's than just any other dog. Easily startled. <laughs> exactly. I think that's what I would maybe say. Coco's defining characteristic. Excitable, is. also. Sure. Um, and adorable. There you go. Certainly, there's no doubt about that. I posted this on the Twitter. Somebody, uh, uh, two actually different people, uh, sent me back a message saying that their dog sends them a Valentine via their mom. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, I gotcha. <laughs> Their mom writes a Valentine on behalf Signs of their dog. It. Maybe a little paw print. Yeah, for but the signature. At this point, my mom loves my dog more than she loves me. Yeah, well, dogs 
the dog's not argumentative. That's true. That's true. She's not, not belligerent. You can be a pill sometimes. I can. I can be a little. I can get cross. I'm a little stubborn. Yeah. Um, Coco, Coco sometimes jumps up. Yeah, she is a jumper. That's just about. She's a little bit jumpy. I can't blame her for that, you know. So she really wants you to play catch with her. It's fun. Sometimes when you don't feel like playing catch. So we're in Hollywood. Okay, we're in Hollywood. It's this. It's the home of the motion picture industry. Sure. We, it's been a long time since we've done a movie that roundup. In Toronto. That well, Vancouver. Vancouver. Michigan lately. Oh yeah. Michigan has like a fifty percent production break rebate. For the, yeah. yeah. Man. They will pay you to make a movie in Michigan. <sighs> God, I gotta get to Michigan. We gotta get to God, Michigan. Man, I gotta save up enough cash. I don't. I don't have the money to live in Michigan, though, Jordan. Yeah, That's I the know. thing. I don't have that kind of money. I don't have any contacts over there either. You know, it's who you know in Michigan. It's absolutely. Let's say you know a Barry Gordy, right? Founder of Motown Records. A Lake Michigan. Sure. I mean, you have to know these the are the right things people. in Michigan I know about. Yeah, I mean, and if you don't have the connects, you know, you're just going to end up out on the streets of yeah. Uh, Lansing. No, yeah, and you know, you're you're temping. Yeah, you're temping. Going to Tigers games. Mm-hmm. You got a football team up there, probably. Detroit Lions. D- Detroit. Yeah, absolutely. So it's the a white tough... stripes are from there. The point is, this is a I don't know tough Michigan fact to keep this Look, one going. Unless you're Martha and the Vandellas, this is a tough scene. I mean, yeah, you have to, yeah. at the very That's least, be throat. one of the Vandellas. Cutthroat. You know what I mean? In that case, if you're Martha and the Vandellas, then you're dancing in the streets. You know what I mean? <laughs> I gotcha. Um, anyway, it's been it's been a lot of it's been a yeah, busy yeah. movie time for uh, both absolutely. of us. Absolutely, the Oscars are coming up. Oscars are coming up. Of course, we have all our favorite Oscar picks. Mm-hmm. You know what my money's on? Hmm. I don't know. I was hoping you knew. No, I don't. I actually don't. I, do I just know gave they... the money to my bookie and said, "Put it on whatever." Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sure. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, Hugh Jackman is hosting the Oscars, though. That's uh... why, why is Hugh Jackman? Can you explain Hugh that? Hugh Jackman's to me? great. He's a song and dance man by trade. Yeah, he was on Broadway for a number of years, so was he's got he? that kind of you know old time showbiz razzmatazz. He's got a good razzmatazz. Oh yeah, he's got tons of razzmatazz. Isn't he from a foreign country? He's from Australia. Do you think I, I it's think. moral for a foreigner to host the Oscars? Yes. Do you think that's going to cause problems with the stimulus bill, the Buy American part of the stimulus bill? I can't imagine that it would. I think that's probably why Hollywood got cut out of the stimulus bill. Yeah. They host Hugh a Jackman. foreigner to hire a foreigner to host the Oscars. Yeah, she got a nice American to host those Oscars. Billy Crystal. He's available. Sure. Mm-hmm. His his long running Broadway one man show has ended. So. He's not doing any more embarrassing black characters on Comic Relief. <laughs> Um, okay, so they got Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. Was the Oscars. Uh, Hugh Jackman's funny. He's nice. He's affable. He's a he's a movie star. He's not gonna you know. Are you just everybody buddies. likes? Do him. you know him from the Y or something like that? Is that why you're such a big booster well, of I Hugh Jackman? Spot for him because normally it's not like we have... talk to each other while I'm spot. He just what Hugh Jackman does is he just comes into the room and he points at me and I come uh-huh. over and I spot for him. He gives me a little pat on the fanny and I go my. And the best part is the emergency spotter, which is what you call your boner that you get when you're standing over Hugh Jackman. <sighs> nice. Thank you. Yeah. He just comes. <laughs> here's how he knows. He's, he just sits up, touches the boner with the tip of his nose, goes back down. That's how he knows he's finished his rep. Sure. When it's the tip of his nose. What is a Hugh Jackman bench, Jordan? Eight, eight, eight. I don't know what's a good. Yeah. Night. I have no idea. Eight, eight, eight. Sure. Eight, eight. That's a hell of a bench. Deuce. A deuce. A deuce. Deuce 88. How about that? Yep. And uh, three. Mm-hmm. A you, quad. Do you, you, it's a quad on a good day. You know what I bet this guy benches? Free weights. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Dumbbells? No, not dumbbells. I take that back. Treadmill? Do you think he wears those weights around his ankles? You know how like a lady will wear those like weights like Velcroed around their ankle when sure. they're doing jazzercise? Mm-hmm. I think he does that. I think he does that too. He's probably one of the best jazzercisers in the world because he's seen, a song and dance man. Have you seen his calves? They're beautiful. Yeah. Well, he's a beautiful man. Sure. No one is here. No one's here telling you that he's not a beautiful man, Jordan. Yeah. I'm just wondering, should a comedian or television personality or someone who's hosted things before host the Oscars? It, uh, you know, I. Mm, I feel like I feel like when you do get somebody cool to host the Oscars, like a Steve Martin or a Jon Stewart, I feel like just the material that they do has to be so general. Like I feel like when I I, I feel like when I remember seeing Jon Stewart host, and he didn't really do anything Jon Stewarty. He just kind of you know they have a team of writers. I, I'm sure that the host isn't because the host has their other job, so they're not instrumental in the creating of the material, I, I don't think. What I don't understand is they'll hire someone, and then if they do just a thing that is the the least bit like a thing that they would do, sure, people go apeshit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely remember the Letterman hosting from when I was a kid, and I remember... Loving it. I yeah, remember. I thought it was I the greatest. Going nuts. It changed my life. Absolutely. But yeah, I mean, I kind of am only only realized later that it's kind of a famous debacle. Yeah. I. Who knew? Do you remember when uh, when uh, Chris Rock hosted the Oscars, mm-hmm. made some completely inoffensive jokes about how Jude Law was in every movie? Sure. And said nothing bad about Jude Law. No, there was a time when Jude Law was in a lot of movies. He was in like 12 movies at once. Mm -hmm. He was in every movie. Sure. And Chris Rock's joke was basically, this guy is in every movie. But I'm not really sure that sure who he is. Yeah. Besides that he's in every single movie. Oh, and then someone was like, oh, he's one of our finest actors. Yeah. I fucking, I lost all respect for Sean Penn as soon as Sean Penn came out. That's funny. I'll tell you who... He is. He's one of our finest. Well, nobody said he was a bad actor. Yeah, right. It's it's almost as though he was a comedian performing comedy jokes. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I I feel like this the 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 kind of performance you have to give at the Oscars. Like, yeah, I say might as well just let a uh, a cool famous person do it. You know? Why don't they just have that guy from Saved by the Bell who hosts Extra do it? <laughs> Mario Lopez. <laughs> yeah, that guy. Yeah. Huh? That's also I, a good choice. He's, he's probably he, unavailable. He can sing and dance. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, ladies love him. Sure. Of course, he's got a great sense of humor. Absolutely. A lot of fun. We saw that on Saved by the Bell. We did. I think we should have him. I think we should have him do it. That's that is a better choice. Problem solved. Let's right. Make some calls. Give Jackman the night off. Let's get let's get a uh, look. I'll get Valanche on the line. I'm sure he's got <laughs> sure. the you know. Once we right get Bruce, little, yeah, he can run it up the flagpole. Mario Lopez, it'll be. Um. I have some point to make about Jack. Oh yeah, this is, it's interesting that Hugh Jackman has really had the only success that he's had box office wise is the X Men movies. But for some reason, he's one of those movie stars where like nobody teases him for all the bombs he makes, but he does. Yeah, no, I, I don't like think his he's... movies. His non X Men movies bomb pretty spectacularly, don't they? And consistently, I think. Sure, right? Yeah, and. But yeah, for some reason he just he just is continues to be the sexiest man alive, and they let him host the Oscars, and like he his fame is undone. Oh, I guess I guess Magician movie with Christian Bale was a success. Was it? Yeah. I don't know. The Prestige. I watched that movie. Yeah. Creep me out, but 
I didn't like it that much. Oh yeah, I liked it. Like yeah. Bowie. Oh Love yeah. Love seeing Bowie in there. Wait, no, is Bowie the one that I saw? There was two. And you might have seen The Illusionist. Yeah. That was this. That was the year of the. That one had Edward mag- Norton. Magician thriller. That one had Edward Norton. This is the like this is the year of the mall security guard. That was the year of the uh, magician thriller. Yeah. I must have seen The Illusionist. What was the other one? The Prestige. Is that one better than The Illusionist? That's yeah, great. It has Bowie in it. Yeah, Bowie. Scarlett Johansson in a uh, kind of a kind of a cute little magician's assistant outfit. I saw a Scarlett Johansson movie. I saw Vicky Cristina Barcelona. Oh, how'd that go? It was Woody Allen's most recent yeah, film. Yeah, I heard uh, I heard someone give a real strong recommendation of that the other day. I think at this point, people will recommend any Woody Allen movie that's not an embarrassment. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, so like, <laughs> yeah, definitely I feel like I, I watched Match Point semi-recently, and I'm like... All right, that wasn't terrible. Woo! And then I did a victory lap around my living room. And, I mean, granted, I have a unique perspective. I'm a guy who really liked that Woody Allen movie with John Lovitz in it. Which one was that? Uh, Small Time Crooks. Small Time Crooks. I really enjoyed Small Time Crooks. So, I mean, obviously, I'm um, forgiving of Woody Allen's uh, comedy misfires. Sure. Okay. But I watched this Vicky Cristina Barcelona. Okay, this is I. I guess I'm not. This this has Javier Bardem, and it's kind of a. It's kind of a. This is. I'll give you a. It's quick, kind of a crimes and misdemeanors situation, right? I'll give you a quick summary of what happens in this movie. Okay. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing happens in this entire movie. There's these two ladies. Mm-hmm. They go to Spain. One of them is uh, Scarlett Johansson. One of them's another lady. Other lady was quite good. I don't know who it was. Yeah. Um. Then oh, it's uh, is it Penelope Cruz? No, wait. Well, I'm getting to Penelope Cruz. Okay. So Scarlett Johansson goes off to live with Javier Bardem, who basically just apparently uses his magical power of Spanishness uh, to entrance both of these ladies. Sure. Um. Scarlett Johansson ends up going to live with them. There's a lot of narration mm-hmm. that basically explains everything that's happening. Um. At one point, Penelope Cruz comes in. She and Javier Bardem yell in Spanish. Mm-hmm. Uh, she kisses with Scarlett Johansson, but there's no nudity. Hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, I'd prefer I'd prefer them being nude in the same room yeah. rather than kissing. They don't even have to be doing anything. Yeah, just be nude in the same shot. You're not gonna get a You're not gonna get a fight from me on that issue. Yeah. Um, and then it just ends. Huh. Um, doesn't resolve it particularly. There's no particular tension in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, there is theoretically a conflict, but only theoretically. It's mostly explained by your narrator. Good. Um, it's uh, lovely to look at. Yeah, Spain is wonderful. Spain's a beautiful country. Here's and... the thing: I haven't seen uh, I haven't seen Slumdog Millionaire. Yeah. Yet. Uh, I, I imagine it's good. I feel like I like every Danny Boyle movie I see, and I I imagine that this is good. My issue now is finding someone to see it with. I feel you, like you have to have a stomach for child torture. I want to put that out there. Oh, for Slumdog Millionaire? There's these television commercials right now for Slumdog Millionaire that I swear to God make it look like it's some kind of Indian Oklahoma. Yeah. Like, it's just like, uh, you know, Bhangra music playing and people doing ecstatic dances. Right. It's like, just because there's an ecstatic dance at the end of the movie during the credits. There's no child torture. Yeah, exactly. There is some committed child torture in this film. There's this part in in the trailer... Um, and I'm I'm not revealing anything to anyone who hasn't seen it, but there's this part in the trailer where they just briefly for a second show the protagonist as a child, like leaping forth into the sky, like hands, like fists raised 
in ecstasy and delight, right? Sure. And just this moment of pure joy that's accompanied by this crazy, fun Bhangra music. Um, they only show it for a second. I think because if they showed it for longer, you might be able to tell that the character is covered in feces. <laughs> the character has just left yeah. out of... <laughs> totally out of context. A drainage ditch filled with human feces. Excellent. That well, is... Well, it's a legitimately triumphant moment to escape that yeah. shit pipe. Well, I mean, that's true. So, you know. And I enjoyed the movie. Excellent uh, film. I was going to say, the. Uh, I feel like I don't really know what the movie is about, despite hearing multiple interviews with the director. Uh-huh. Uh, I feel like the only thing people bring up to uh, to tout the movie is that they really filmed India. I mean, you really film India in this movie. You really show it with cameras. Yeah. You really take a camera and you go out. I'm like, that's what a camera does. Yeah. Like, I, I'm, I'm. But you know what? That's exactly the same thing that happens in Vicky Cristina Barcelona. <laughs> right. You, you they really, really shoot. You really see Spain. You on see a screen. Some of the things there. Yeah. I, I I bet Slumdog Millionaire is great, but I feel like Slumdog that's... Millionaire. It's a lot better than Vicky Cristina Barcelona. I'll tell sure. you. I mean, Vicky Cristina Barcelona, not unpleasant, I guess. Sure, <laughs> nothing happens in it, but nothing. Un- annoying happens in it, really. It's just no like high-pitched sirens no, that go on for ten minutes. And it reminded me, you know, I saw. Uh, do you remember what what was Penelope Cruz's most recent uh, uh, Volver? I saw Volver. I thought that was a nothing. I had no interest in Penelope Cruz in that movie at all. Sure. Um, and Penelope Cruz does do. Uh, she when she's like freaking out, she plays a lady who kind of freaks out a lot in this movie. Yeah. Uh, she's a fantastic at it. Sure. You can tell. Oh, that's why she's a movie star because she's she's Boom. she plays a volatile and, and astonishingly beautiful woman quite well. Um, here's my recent movie watching kick. Um, I've been a Netflix, a loyal Netflix user for uh, for a few years. Really love it. Oh, it's a support fine service. The, support the service a hundred percent. It's worth it's worth what you pay for it. Send you Blu-ray. And, How about that? Sure. Um, and anyways, they had a, they've had a service on it for a while, Watch Instantly, that I haven't had much use for because I didn't really want to watch anything on my laptop. I don't love watching things on my computer. I'll do it in a pinch. I'll watch a Hulu sometimes. Sure. Uh, but, uh, you know, never really had much interest in watching a feature film on my laptop. Anyways, they uh, recently kind of moved this feature, this Watch Instantly feature, to where you can use your Xbox... Uh, online service to watch your instant movies on your TV. Fuck yeah. Uh, I, I, this is a great thing, uh, and I just went nuts. And you can just watch as many as you want. You can stop them if you don't like them. You can take it off. You can put it on. Uh, so much fun. And I'm kind of only... Turn up the volume. Turn it down. Absolutely. Pause. Fast forward. Go somewhere else. Chapter skip. Play Mortal Kombat for a few minutes. Go back to the movie. Just really... Xbox guide. Sure. Um, I am now realizing not a wonderful selection of films. The thing is, one of the things about this, I've got this thing too. It's maybe got 10% of movies is are available, which is an astonishing number of movies. Absolutely. But you can't really pick a movie that you want to see on it, then go and load it up on your Yeah, yeah. You have to kind of 
go and make a list of the movies you might be willing to watch. Given I watched Ghostbusters this way the other day. Sure. And I you know, Ghostbusters is great, and it had been a long time since I'd seen Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. You know, but I wouldn't have gone to the video store to to rent Ghostbusters. Yeah. I mean I definitely had a uh just a just a crazy binge when this first came out and I feel like I kind of plowed through all the good movies real quick and now I'm kind of, you know, combing the combing the ocean floor for something to watch on this. I feel like uh uh, I just like get curious about straight to DVD horror movies and pop them in. There was a movie called Transmorphers that was obviously like Transformers knockoff. I'm like, oh, I'll see what that's all about. I'm like, why am I doing this? Like now, I'm just wasting time. Like, okay, they have a bunch of good Woody Allen movies on there. Sure. I used it to watch uh, Manhattan and Sleeper and Bananas and like all all really good movies. Sure. And, and those are in this upper echelon with movies uh, like Small Time Crooks. Sure, right, absolutely. Curse of the Jade Scorpion. Mm-hmm. I didn't like Curse of the Jade Scorpion. Will Ferrell, Woody Allen movie. Oh, yeah, that's an example of a movie that I'm willing to forgive. It's got Chiwetelidji for. Absolutely. Okay, go ahead. Um, yeah, so now I'm just now I'm just combing the dregs and uh, just watching and then like weird History Channel things on trains. Yeah. Absolutely. But I, but for some reason I'm so, I like this service so much, but just they haven't added any new movies to it in a long time. You're watching Ski School Three. I absolutely watched Ski School. Yeah, I'm watching just like '80s movies, like '80s teen comedies to like count the boobs <laughs> and like making like yeah making. You got bets one of those with, clickers next to your uh, yeah, next boom. to your sofa like click, a, that a train click, conductor click, has. Click, click. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah. Wait, you're punching tickets? A train conductor has a thing that punches tickets, doesn't he? Doesn't he have a clicker that he counts the people on the train? No, I don't know. he's going tick, 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 punching tickets. I've never been on a train, Jesse. Okay, sorry. I own a car. I, I drive, Jesse. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I got to. I got. I had never seen Super Bad. I got to watch Super Bad on you didn't demand. See Super Bad. I did not see it. Uh-uh. I saw uh, just recently in a in a screening the new movie by Greg Matola, the guy who directed Super Bad, which mm-hmm. is called Adventureland. I think it comes out next month. I loved it. I fucking yeah. loved it. You know what it's like? This is what it's like. It's like, what if a movie like Garden State, just one of those movies about somebody who's kind of lost, not sure what to do with themselves. Sure. Got a dopey buddy. Yeah. It was funny and good. Good. It's great. It's very conventional. There's no surprises in it. It's sure. a straightforward coming of age story. There's a, some really great cock punching in it. <laughs> Oh, you're just going to love the cock yeah. punching in this movie, Jordan. It is just, this is some of the best cock punching I've seen in a movie. Wow. Ever. And I watch cock punching movies, as you know. Sure, yeah. I mean, I will actively, you, I will Im- type... you, you got a region free DVD player so you could import cock punch movies from Sweden. Absolutely. Which because, is I mean, that's where, the, of... that's where the genre was born. Yeah. I mean, now, now he's born, yes. Oh, okay. Sorry. Per- you're going to get technical on me. Perfected. Nigeria, really? the Nigerian film industry. Yes, really? they're known for two things. Mm. One is uh, these their their surprising vibrancy of the local traditional features. Mm-hmm. Second is cock punching. They have taken cock punching to a new level that is truly spectacular. But wow. in terms of mainstream entertainment, Adventureland was the best cock punching I've seen in a movie. Wow. And you know, you know what else? I mean, yeah, I mean Hollywood, you know. Waters down its cog punching, so it's nice to see. Bill Hader and um, Bill Hader and Kristen Wiig are in this movie. They have a modest part in the movie, not a huge part. Mm-hmm. Um, and Hader's great in the movie. I mean, Hader's great in every movie he's in. He just goes in, sure. he does a great job, 
gets out of there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Kristen Wiig, I don't know. The woman has like five lines in this movie. Mm-hmm. She terrifies me. She's too funny. Yeah. It's 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 outrageous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um I watched a a speaking of Hulu a I kind of like it. they kind of put the best of each week's SNL on there and there was this sketch called it's like called Cougar Club or Cougar Club I think was the name of the sketch and it was pretty you know pretty traditional pretty it could have just been called uh you know moderately ill advised Saturday Night Live sketch on a current cultural trend sure Abs- that's precisely a what it was slightly precisely current what it was cultural trend. yeah a little like you're a little late on this SNL uh, yeah there were some Facebook jokes and yes but yeah and nothing exemplary about the writing. Alec Baldwin was a weird gay guy, and then Drew Barrymore did like a Charo voice. It's totally unremarkable, but but Kristen Wiig just just performs the fuck out of this kind of sad Orange County lady, and it like, she just does, seems to have all this subtext and like she does this kind of alienated weird sadness. Mm-hmm. I think the only person who can do it like she can do it is Bill Murray. I sure. mean, and I mean that sincerely. That is that is guy. That's not hyper. I don't mean that as hyperbole. Yeah. I think her and Bill Murray can do the perfect, alienated, weird, s- confused, quiet sadness. There are a few scenes in this Adventureland where Bill Hader's doing something, and Bill Hader's doing something great. Mm-hmm. Funny guy. Absolutely. Bill Hader's doing something great in the front, in the foreground, and Kristen Wiig is just standing slightly behind him and slightly to his right. Looking sad, and she blows him out of off the screen. <laughs> just you, just I literally started rolling like uh, I started laughing so hard I was like flopping back and forth in my chair while at her when she wasn't even the focus of the scene or even talking. I broke this. What did you break? I broke this magic ball. Oh jeez, this guy fucking turned really oh, gross. gross. Stuff. Okay, uh, to clue you in, the listener, uh, part oh, God, of my that is super part gross. of my Valentine's Day package from Ebeth was this magic ball. Oh my God! And uh, it's a squeeze ball filled with gunk, apparently. And I've been playing with it this whole time, just violently squeezing it. And I just busted it all over me. And Brian, this is really a good time for an intern to come here and maybe help. Toxic slime. No, that's fine. It's not like on. You know, here, here you can. Here you can just. Thank you, Brian. You can just take that away. <laughs> and uh, maybe I uh, don't put it in your mouth. Yeah. I wouldn't. Uh, and uh, I'm just gonna try not to put my hands in my mouth. Yeah. For uh, until we can get done with this. Yeah, that was terrifying. Yeah, that was a nightmare. Really, just well, thanks. I mean, you know. Hope uh, hope I don't get jaundice. I think that really that. put a button on this movie segment. Huh? Yeah, movies are. Oh, okay. Just just okay, real quick. Real if quick. anybody else is using the Netflix on demand feature, yes. I would love some suggestions for maybe hidden gems, things I haven't seen. Uh, that would be great. You actually told me, and I didn't know this, that the Terry Jones medieval history series is yeah, on there. Yeah, yeah. Terry Jones from Monty Python. Um, uh, it does a couple of thank you. I got a wet towel. That's great. Yeah. Uh, Terry Jones from uh, Monty Python does a has some BBC series where we should he... always record this with an intern around. Yeah, right. Um, he probably has a fire extinguisher too, just in case. <laughs> there you go. I hope I I hope I do something to catch myself on fire. That would be cool. hose it down. Uh, he uh, he he portrays a just a different person from a different class in the Middle Ages, like he does a. 
you know, a serf and then a nobleman. And it's great and funny and corny and filled with great dad jokes. And, uh, yeah, very uh, very fun to watch. Quick question. Yes. You A little bit educational. Did you say before we went on the air that you were going to watch a new Street Fighter the movie? <laughs> yes. Uh, this, actually, I think I have to go tomorrow. This is kind of it. For, I have to see the occasional advanced screening for work. And I guess they made a new... Street Fighter movie no, based that's on the not game. Possible. It is. It has Michael Clark Duncan. I have a question. It has Taboo from the Black Eyed Peas. People don't. Street Fighter is a cultural phenomenon that peaked 12 years ago, isn't it? Yes. Uh, they recently, I think it, it officially comes out the day we're taping this. I got it yesterday. Uh, there's a new Street Fighter game coming out that is, you know, has as much buzz as a video game. Oh, okay. You know, can have that's not Halo. Or Grand yeah. Theft Auto. Um, I guess this is the time to put out a new Street Fighter movie. But yeah, why? As a to guy the who, extent a guy that there really... is a time yeah, to put out which a new maybe Street there Fighter isn't. movie. I was, I you know, uh, this this came up maybe like I don't know where. I, well, I guess I just, maybe I should also we should also mention that that there was a Street Fighter movie back when it yeah, was for, at its height of popularity. For those of you who are eighteen, yeah, uh, there was a Street Fighter movie that was. That really fulfilled what you would expect a Street Fighter movie would be. It was Van sort Damme of like was in it. Yeah, but it was, and it wasn't even when Van Damme was popular. No, like this was after he was on, he was his on the he was day. on the wane. Yeah, um, it had it, it had a techno soundtrack, mm-hmm. Red yep. Hot techno soundtrack. Uh, Hammer did a song for it. He, did he really? Yeah, Hammer did a song where he like rapped. It was one of those situations. I uh, this might be another Jordan is wrong. We might want to look this up. Okay, I'm a little gun shy now. Uh, but I think Hammer did a thing where he wrapped the plot of the movie at the end. Oh, my God. Like he did for the Adams Family. Well, sure, if it worked for the Adams Family, that was a big hit. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. He did one the, the for Adams Family 2, I think, too. Adams Family Values. He may have. I mean... I don't know, Jordan. Sure. I don't follow this kind of thing. I did recently download Hammer's unreleased Death Row album. How'd that go? It's pretty good. I mean, Hammer's not a good rapper. No. But, uh, Does he do any dancing on the album? Uh, yeah, well, you can hear you can hear a soft shoe or two here and there. That's great. This uh, this girl in my um, high school named Mary, uh, she once wrote a, a really sensual poem about Elvis the Pelvis Stoico. Um, Who's you're, that? You're familiar with Elvis the Pelvis Stoico? I'm not. Okay, famous ice skater. Okay. Uh, this came up. I, I remember where I was thinking. Why I was thinking of this. This came up on Luke Burbank's show, Too Beautiful to Live, the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I was on Luke Bur- Burbank's show. He said something about Elvis Stoico. She once in English class. He was like known for being a very sensual ice dancer, I okay. guess. Uh, Elvis Stoico, which is why he was Hence called Elvis the Pelvis. Yeah, he was sort of. Uh, he was sort of not- notorious in ice dancing circles. For the thrusting of his pelvis. Gotcha. He would do, it was sort of like right around when Michael Jackson, you know, fucked up that car in that video and then sure. he was doing the pelvic thrusts. Um, in, in this case, it was an ice dancer wearing sequins. Mm-hmm. And uh, one day in English class, this girl, uh, it was like one of those things where, where it's like a free write. You know, right, like you right. write for yeah, 15 yeah, minutes, sure. you, have to re- you have to write something and you read it out loud. She volunteered to read it out loud. She starts reading this poem she wrote about Elvis Stoico. And it, at first, you're just tripping off the fact that it's a poem about Elvis Stoico and she's reading this poem she'd written about. Sure. She's 16. Yeah. This is not a 12-year-old or mm-hmm. a 9-year-old who has no self-awareness. She starts... And that's when it started getting steamy, Jordan. Oh, my. 
It was a, she read a pornographic, literally pornographic poem. Did it talk about insertion? About, yes. Wow. About Elvis Stoiko. <laughs> Do you remember any of it? I don't remember any phrases. I remember, remember how you felt. Nightmares I had later. <laughs> She, this woman, uh, what made me think of Street Fighter the movie is she was obsessed with this show that was sort of like professional wrestling with martial arts, um, and she would talk about it. She would just go to town on it. Yeah, I kind of, I vaguely remember this. Yeah, and it was called like the something or other masters or the masters of something. Yeah. And uh, she would go to town on this, and we had this class. I went to an arts high school. We had this class called Introduction to the Arts. Mm-hmm. And in this class, uh, everyone had their art specialty that they would spend the afternoon doing. Like I was, I was in the theater department. I did theater in the afternoons. She was in uh, instrumental music or something like that. Mm-hmm. But in Introduction to the Arts, you would try for a couple of weeks all the other arts okay. disciplines. And uh, then at the end, you would put together an opera, which combined all of the arts disciplines oh, okay. together. And in the acting segment... So you would paint while dancing? Yeah, exactly. And uh, in the acting segment, uh, we had to do a monologue, and uh, she performed a monologue from Double Dragon the movie. Wow. Uh, One of the Double Dragon brothers, she portrayed one of the Double Dragon brothers. Did you dress up? Um, oh, she uh, did for the okay, for the non nerds. Double Dragon, I think, uh, was the first video game made into a movie. This was like a walk around and punch guys video game. Yeah, like that, a Streets of Rage or a Teenage sure. Ninja Turtles. It was a genre. Sure, yes, yes, a genre that uh, has has kind of fallen on the wayside. But yeah, it's something you would play in a pizza place in 1986. And they made it into a movie that was roughly the same as 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 Street Fighter the movie. Sure. Um a little less prestigious. Let's, let's... Yeah, it didn't have didn't have Raul Julia. It didn't have Oscar winner Raul Julia. No, and um she performed this monologue with such conviction and then I she was t- very very poor actor. Sure. And I remember I made some minor suggestion to her about like finding a, like something about you know just some acting thing sure you Whatever. know like Find uh, it. mark your beats marking her beats I think it may have been marking her beats okay and it was something like that something about script work she yelled at me wow she I do not know Double Dragon the movie like like Mary knows Double Dragon the movie sure later she at one point she would do rhythmic gymnastics. In the lunchroom um, with like a ribbon, you know, the ribbon on a stick. Sure. Ribbon ribbon dancing. I don't believe that she had training in rhythmic gymnastics. I mean, you know. She was possibly an enthusiast. Sure. I don't think she was retarded, though. That's the thing. Wow. I don't think she had a developmental disability. I think she was just a mess. Wow. But what was amazing is usually when someone's a mess like that, it's they get sad and turn inward. Sure. They just start she... doing karate moves during introduction to the arts class. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My brother has gone to the He's in jail again. Pa <laughs> Okay, anyway. I I That's... just that was like the just watching that woman, it was like one of those things where should we look we should maybe probably find her on the internet. 
We should look her up on the internet. I mean, here's the thing, Jordan. I may I marry went to her. An, I went to an arts high school. Lots of people did lots of weird stuff at my high school. Sure. My high school was a place where people did weird stuff all the time. Yeah. And you could do uh, your you do a book report instead of actually writing the report or making a diorama. You could do some gay kissing. Exactly. And let you express yourself through gay kissing. And um, you know it was great. And I support doing weird stuff. And I thought it was great in high school. I was a I was a lovable eccentric myself in high school. Sure. Um, you know I ran a novelty campaign for student body president and won. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. She was not just bizarre, but also openly hostile. Yeah. That was what was truly, like, you'd be, yeah. not, like, I remember thinking, I should be nice to Mary, you know, like, she's a weird lady. Yeah, if you're a big dork, you're, it's to your benefit to be super nice. I mean, it's really, basically, it should be your survival technique, you know? Well, it wasn't hers. Yeah. Okay, anyway, well, I, I don't, she sounds I didn't great. To, you know what was great? Coraline. There you go. I thought Coraline was great. Hey. It was amazing in 3D. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Cow. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. Jordan, in a young person's life, there are often difficult moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are moments when one has to make choices. There are moments when one does not know what one should do. Uh, I would guess the first step when you encounter one of those situations is find someone to ask. Exactly. And you know who I would recommend if someone was going to ask someone? Juanita? Yeah, it's Juanita yeah. from my Spanish class. You may re- Regular listeners may remember that uh, I took Spanish class at uh, City College of Los Angeles. It was a lot of fun. I Granted, I did very poorly. <laughs> One of the better students in the class was, and frankly, the star of the class was Juanita. In fact, Juanita was such a star in the class that we decided to bring Juanita on board as our in-house advice columnist. Juanita, welcome back to Jordan Jesse Go. I'm glad to be back. It is a pleasure to have you. Thank you for joining us. You're joining us from work. We're not going to say where. We don't want to get you in trouble. <laughs> You're, okay. you're, maybe you're taking one of those furloughs the governor's been talking about. Oh, yeah. It's, it's very well needed, too. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh-huh. Um, okay, well, let's go straight to our uh, first question for Juanita. Hey, Jordan, Jesse, but primarily Juanita. Uh, I'm in need of some advice. I'm a college student and have a low, low-paying college student job and I can't stand the establishment at which I work. Um, and I was just wondering if you have any advice on how to cope with the terrible, grueling work environment. Uh, thanks. Uh, yeah, I can. Um, we all have to start off somewhere. And it's, and a lot of people, they feel they don't want to, you know, take start off low or start off in a job, um, you know, that they really don't like or whatever. Sometimes we have to do what we don't want to do to get to where we want to go, you know. And um, it's only temporarily, you know, sometimes, like I said, a lot of people start off at the bottom and then next thing you know, you be the owner of the, of the store either. You do what you have to do until you're able to do better. Okay, yeah. that's that's fair. What about, like, on a day-to-day basis? Like, what about this guy goes in, how does he remember that he's trying to become the owner of the store when uh, what he's working on is like, uh, you know, putting price tags on sides of bacon or something like that. 
Well, uh, the, the thing is to do whatever it is the job description is, you want to do the best. You want to make sure that you show up on time. You want to make sure that you, even if you don't like it at that point or whatever, and you know that you want to try to promote within the department, or you even if you want to try to... Um, you know, go to another another professional at a later date. You still need a, a good reference, you know, to show that you, even though you didn't like that that particular job or that particular you know position that you held at that time, you still want to be able to get a good reference. You know, yeah. even if you could move into another position or um, even if you go up and become the, the owner of that uh, particular establishment, you want to make sure that you do the best that you that you know that you can. You want to find out. Um, a lot of times, what we do is because we don't get in there and try to find out what the job curtails, you know, we what we do is we'll take and say, okay, well, I don't like this job whatever. but if you sit down and you really go ahead, if it's, if it's something that you have to do, you might as well find some kind of common ground to where, you know, that you um, will be able to, you know, enjoy wh- where you're at at the time. Because we need to enjoy where we're at at the time. But Juanita, have you ever had a, just a real unpleasant job that you can stand going to? Oh, yeah. Oh yes, I sure have. And but but you know what I do? I found out it's what we make things. You know, it's how we see things and what we make things. No matter what where we at, we need to. We can always make it more um, happier, or or we can say, for example, um, when I first came to DMV, I didn't like it. You know, I didn't I didn't like dealing with the people. You know, because of the fact they had attitudes and you know and. And you know, and you can't, you know, you can't really say what you want to say. You know, you can't do because you have to, you know, have that certain demeanor. You have to, that you have to, you know, that you have to put, you know, put on, you know, for people. Uh, but as you go on, you know, you, you say so you learn how to deal with it. You know, because I need, you know, if you need to pay bills or you need something that you need to do for the time, whatever, you learn how you learn how to adjust. Okay, we have another question that's about uh, adjusting to a difficult situation. This comes from uh, Ari, formerly Ari from Iceland, who for a while there only called into Jordan Jesse ago to berate us for something that was entirely not our fault, mm-hmm. which is uh, a certain movie star who will go unnamed, had agreed to come on Jordan Jesse ago, and then canceled at the last minute saying that he was sick, a certain Scandinavian movie star. Mm-hmm. And Ari claimed that we had somehow driven him away or that the whole thing was a lie or... You know, Icelandic stuff. Just Icelandic just a, type taking stuff. taking a real Icelandic attitude with the whole thing. Well, Ari has left Iceland. Here's his question. He says, Hey, Jordan, Jesse, and Juanita. I recently moved from Iceland to Gothenburg, Sweden, where I study film. I'm starting to get to know some of the people who are in the same class as me, but I'd like to make some real friends. Do you have any tips? And he signs it, Ari, formerly of Iceland, now of Gothenburg, Sweden. So if you get yourself into a new situation, Juanita, what's a good way to make pals? First of all, in order to be a friend, you need. In order to get uh, make a friend, you need to be a friend. Uh, you have to show yourself to be friendly. It's just like anything that you, anything out there that's out there in the world. You have to show if you want a husband, you know, then you need to make yourself available and to find out what you know what a husband, what what a good wife, you know, entails of of being. You know, if you uh, want to be a friend, then you need to be show yourself friendly. You know, um, so those kind of things right here is, is what you what you need to do. It's like you need to put yourself, whatever it is that you want in life or whatever, you need to take and, um, you know, to do that. No matter what it may be, you know, if you need money, you need to know to go out how to find a job, you know, whether to find out your resources that, that is needed for you to go to find a good job, you know, or which, which, if it's more schooling or if it's, you know, going on the Internet, you know, 
going to the unemployment office, looking, you know, looking on the web or even looking on the website. But in order to be a friend, you have to show yourself friendly. You know, you need to show that you you trustworthy. You need to, um, you know, communicate. You need to show them that you are a friend. Now, Juanita, when I know this because we were in a very similar situation together, which is we were in this Spanish class where neither of us knew anybody. And I would say probably by class number three, everyone's best friend in the class was Juanita. Um, but for a lot of folks, uh, they may be, maybe they have the qualities of being a good friend, but they're a little bit nervous about sort of putting themselves out there the way that you have obviously mastered. How would you say, what's some good ways to kind of reach out to people socially? You know, I do. I, I, I see no color. I see nobody. I feel there's good in everybody. And the only way you're going to find out, a lot of people, they want to talk. They want to make friends. They want to speak. But if you don't go up to them to speak, because like, there is a lot of shy people out there in the world. Um, my thing right here is my go up to whatever, I feel I'm going to talk. I'm going to speak. I'm going to say good morning. I'm going to say hi to you. I'm going to start a conversation. And all you can do is if I'm someone that you don't want to, you know, be with or you don't want to associate with at that point, then you tell me I'm still going to be me. I'm, one thing about it is I know who I am, I know whose I am, and I know that it doesn't matter. Everybody's not going to like you. Everybody's not going to uh Well, everybody you. likes you, Juanita. <laughs> well, you know why? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's because, for you to say. It's, it's because I just take a me. I, I'm me. I don't care what anybody thinks about me, what anybody says about me, because I know who I am. And a lot of people don't, and like you say, again, a lot of people don't, but it's, until you do, then it's, it it, it can be a hard situation, but and if you don't try again, if you don't try, you know, it, you'll never know what, you know where your boundaries are. Well, we have one, all these questions. It seems like Jordan, we've got this sort of theme of these kind of scary situations, economic downturn, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This one sort of combines the personal with uh, the economic. Here it is. Hi, uh, this message is for Juanita. Um, Juanita, I'm a 25-year-old guy um, in a relationship, and I really love my girlfriend. Um, and I have been thinking about asking her to marry me. The problem is is that I don't have a job so much. Um, I'm in my last year of graduate school, and so you know I should be getting a pretty decent job pretty soon. Um, I mean, what should I spend on a ring? Should I, you know, ask her and then get the ring later? You know, what is the protocol if, you know, you got the, you want to, but you really can't afford it? Um, you have be really appreciated. Thank you very much. Uh, a lot of people is into, uh, into traditional matters. I've been married twice, and you know what? I, my first marriage, we didn't even have a ring. Uh, because we couldn't afford a ring. Uh, the only thing that matters is, is, is do you love the person and the person loves you. Um, a lot of people go out, and what is really, really bad nowadays is that they'll go out and have the big weddings, they go out for the big rings, and things or whatever, and, would, and what happens is they wind up paying for the later. You can always get a ring. You can ring at your fifth, your fifth wedding anniversary, at your 10th or your 25th one. It doesn't matter. If the person you love each other, you know, that's something that you guys should be able to talk to. The main thing is communication. As long as you have communication, she knows that, you, that you're trying to make something out of yourself, to, you know, for you as well as her, she'll understand, you know. Um, you may have to get a cheaper ring. You know, you may have a, have 
to stay in an apartment, you know, but uh, eventually as she sees that, you, that you're trying to, you know, better yourself in life, um, if, she's, if she doesn't understand that, then maybe that might not be the one for you. Um, you know, everyone starts at the bottom, you know, but it's thing, you, you guys need to be together um, and be able to basically, like I say, communicate, you know, to be able to see, you know, what's going on, you know, from the, from the beginning to the middle to the end. Juanita, a lot of people go to uh, you for personal advice, advice in matters of, of love and making friends. This one is a lot more specific, so we'll see how this flies. Uh, Mark writes, Dear Juanita, I'm looking to diversify my investments for the long term and take advantage of the current economic climate to buy some stocks on the cheap. What companies do you think I should invest in now that are going to be profitable in 35 years when I'm ready to retire? Many thanks, Mark. Now, that one, you're going to have to do a lot of research about because right now, <laughs> yeah. the way the economy is right now, and as you can see, all the stock markets, um, is a lot of that is not the best way to go at this particular uh, time. You know, nothing is... Um, <laughs> you know, nothing is, is, is an edge in stone, you know, nowadays or whatever, because whatever you do, you're going to be taking a, you could be taking a risk. My thing right here is I, by me being a Christian woman, I go by the Bible. That's what I, you know, I take. I take and I go by the Bible. Um, you know, I, you know, I tithe. I, and another thing people have to do is, the best that you could do is, is to, if a person has bills, for example, you know, the best thing to do right now is, Pay what you know. Go across the board. Start with the lowest bill that you have. Pay on that one until you get that one paid off. Then go to the next lowest bill. You know, get a count of all your bills and what's going out. You know, you have your your back ratio and your front ratio. Um, you know what you have. And sometimes, like you say, we had, we can't give away. We can't pay cash. You know, cut up some of those credit cards. Pay off the bills you know, the, from the smallest to the biggest. Um, you know, and also a lot of people don't even have emergency money. You know, and that's something that we you have to have. If you pay your bills or whatever, you need to have emergency money. Okay, well, that sounds like pretty. Yeah, I could. That's, that's I should, pretty I solid advice. Take that to heart, certainly. Yeah, I get. I get started a Roth IRA. Mm-hmm. So that's good because you don't have to pay taxes on it until the end. But I, you, you know, I it's I'm it's so uh, it, it feels so foreign to me to even have more money than the amount of my rent check. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, starting emergency money fund is like something I just did. It can it can be done. It can be done. And see, the thing with this is, we always try. We always live above our means. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because in fact, you know, uh, and sometimes what you have to do is, we you know, we can't. We you should be paying. You should when you, when you get your apartment. First of all, you got to know what you got coming in, and you need to live within your means. Yeah, okay? and also. You should support charitable endeavors like your favorite public radio programs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah, g- hey, good step towards financial <laughs> stability. <laughs> you know, but the main thing is right here is staying within our means, uh, especially right now, the, the way the, uh, the economy is right now, staying within your means and trying, and, and you can do, because you can save emergency money just by not drinking coffee. Not smoking cigarettes, you know. Otherwise, how many how many pairs of shoes do you need? How many cars do you need? You, you would know, be surprised how many pairs of shoes. Yeah, I need yeah, yeah you're. Uh, you know, yeah, telling Jesse to cut back on his uh, shoe budget—that's probably not going to happen. <laughs> but you know what? This is the, in these times. This is what we some of the things that we need to consider. You know, okay, if you have a okay, if you have a BMW, maybe you might need to tra- you know tra- uh, trade that in, and maybe you need to get a Honda for the time being. You know, yeah. it's better for you to take. 
because so many families are breaking up because of financial difficulties right now. And sometimes you may have to do an adjustment, and, you know, and, and look at it overall over your whole situation. And you may have to adjust for a while. Who, you know, it's, it's all right if you have a BMW, but now you have to go to a Honda. It's all right if you have, you know, a house and you may have to go and sell it and, and go and move it to an apartment. But you can always regroup and come back. Yeah, yeah. No, it's definitely, I definitely know a lot of friends and who, you know, are turning down invitations to go out because they exactly. don't want to spend the, you know, mm-hmm. 50 bucks to, you know, exactly. go to a show and drinks. And yeah, it's definitely, yeah, definitely, definitely that little bit of, little bit of embarrassment there, you exactly. know, and I, I feel that as well. I mean, I definitely have to turn down invitations to go out that I would otherwise take. But I, yeah, I think people understand and it, yeah, mm-hmm. it can be a little... You do feel a little embarrassed when you have to do it, but it's, you know, but you everybody know, understands. Exactly. Like right now, I'm, I stay home now. You know, what I do is yeah. I, I, I make sure my cable's paid. I make sure I have my phone paid, you know, and sure. I make sure I have food. And, I'm, and what I do is uh, now I stay home. Uh, and what I do now, instead of me going out, like you say, spending money, I invite people when we potluck. You know, we, we do a potluck. Yeah, that's good. And then we play cards and we play demos. That's free. We go to the park. That's free. You know what I mean? So you have to. There's a lot of things out there that you can do to substitute, you know, from going out and spending a whole bunch of money. Right now, we, I do a lot of cooking. I bring my lunch basically every day now. You know what I mean? So a lot of money I'm saving, you know, in you know, in, in these these hard times. Yeah, Jesse, it looks like you're gonna have to give up your expensive Civil War recreation society <laughs> that you're a part of. Well, Anita, we know that you have to go make some more money because you're at work right now. So thank you so yeah. much thank for coming you, back Juanita. on Jordan, Jesse Go. It's always a pleasure to have you. It sure is. It's always a pleasure. To, uh, to, be on your show too as well we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go it's Jordan Jesse Go I am Jesse Thorne America's radio sweetheart Jordan Morris boy detective oh good show huh absolutely okay I should mention we went to the tape Mm -hmm. that's what we do when we need to check something out we went to the tape checked out Street Fighter MC Hammer Mm -hmm. straight to my feet theme from Street Fighter uh huh Featuring Neon Deion Sanders, a football player. Deion Sanders, you may recall, in the early to mid-1990s, major cultural figure, Mm -hmm. known for his foot speed and his quick hands. Sure. Not so much his rapping or singing. Which he does both. Well known for... this uh, song. When he was in college, he copyrighted his nickname, Primetime. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, this is a major, I mean, this is a, a record that we should have known about, Jordan. It is. Well, I mean, I kind of knew you about did, it. You did, sort of, but you didn't know Neon Dion was involved. No, I didn't. Uh-uh. I mean, that's like if you told me, he's a two-sport superstar. Yeah. Football and baseball. And, uh, I should, well, I guess we should mention that, he, I don't think Hammer is, in fact, rapping the plot of the movie Street Fighter. Uh, he's just a, kind of a general song about getting the party started. But in the video... It does feature a plot that mirrors the plot of Street Fighter. Yeah. In the Jean-Claude Van Damme, well, first he's doing some dances with Hammer. Yeah. Well, Jean-Claude Van Damme is hanging out in a club where right. Hammer and Deion Sanders are performing. And exactly. Kind of, kind in of, camo. Yeah. And there's motorcycles. And motorcycles are driving around in the club. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and anyway, so moral of the story is... It's a great video, a great tune. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a fun thing for like a party mix or whatever. Absolutely. Um, or even a martial arts movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a little gay. 
Oh, it's really gay, but I mean, that's what makes it so fun. Sure. That's what I would say. Mm-hmm. We got this call from this guy. Now, look, this call isn't much. There's not a lot of content in this call, Jordan, mm-hmm. but I wanted to include it. And I think when you hear it, you'll see why. Okay. Hey, what's up, Jordan Jesse? Uh, doing a call from a great state of Cleveland, Tennessee. I work in the manufacturing industry. Uh, cut out floorboards for a bus company, Bluebird School Bus Company. And got to say, man, we've done hit on those tough economic times that you've been hearing about on the news talk show programs on television. And so getting a little bit behind on the podcast, uh, a couple episodes behind, which uh, I'm, I'm quite a bit dismayed on that. But uh, hopefully things will turn around soon. On another note, uh, come April 6th, I will be officially released from federal probation. Uh, I was accused of some conspiracy charges. Some shit they didn't, couldn't even prove, yet I was conspiring to do. So uh, needless to say, uh, I'm going on three years of no marijuana intake in my lungs. But uh, come April 6th, will be my first official bong hit. So if you guys want to count down uh, the ball with me on that, <laughs> that might be cool. Uh, I know you yes. aren't necessarily Mary Jane friendly on the show yet. Eh, just had to put that out there. So, uh, yeah, I love the show. You guys keep it up. Uh, 2009, keep it real. Whatever. <laughs> My God. Wow. Yes. Yes. What? We will absolutely do a countdown to your first bong hit. <laughs> From the great from the great state of Cleveland, Tennessee, my friend. Wow, how do you how do you get a podcast in prison? <laughs> He's on probation, Jordan. Oh, okay. The man is on probation. He's not in prison. Oh, okay, and he works for the he works for the Bluebird okay. school bus company. Gotcha. I well, I'll tell you this much: what? I certainly feel a lot better about the safety of our children, specifically with regard to floorboards. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can tell you that. Yeah. The guy's not not pulling bong rips. Yeah, right. I know. Three years he hasn't been because of those bullshit conspiracy charges. Couldn't even prove them. I hate those. Oh, God. What do you think it was a conspiracy to do? Defraud a minor. (laughs) Probably. And by minor, I mean M-I-N-E-R. Yeah. That's a a crime in Tennessee. Mm -hmm. Conspiracy to defraud a minor. Who is also the governor. (laughs) Also, there's a little mining on the side. <laughs> they they sold him uh, they sold him a parakeet for mm-hmm. his mining. Yeah, uh, but it was actually just one of those ones you buy at the drugstore where you just press a button and it goes. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. Sort of like one of those talking pirates. He, pirate would, he goes into the mine. He doesn't know if there's poison gas. Exactly. So and then all of a sudden you're busted. Conspiracy to defraud a miner. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? You're a legal genius. Thank you. I'm a regular. William Shatner on Boston Legal. There you go. Thank you very much. I prefer to think of myself as a James Spader on Boston Legal. Thank you very much. Um, Gosh, you know, uh, we like to open up the phones, see what comes in. And, you know, Juanita is not the only one who can give advice. Hi, Jordan, Jessica. This is Katie. I want to know, should I get a dog? I really want a dog. My husband is not as enthusiastic as me. Uh, can you help me out and give me some pros and cons of having a dog? Thank you. Bye. 
Have you ever had a dog, Jordan? Uh, yeah, we had a childhood dog. What kind of dog did you have uh, as a childhood? He was like a, it was a schnauzer. What Min- did you, miniature schnauzer. What did you have as a childhood? I just said. <laughs> the actual weird. words that me, uh, that me said. <laughs> that me talked. <laughs> me's, me's talking good for radios. Um, uh, what was it? What was it called? Robbie. It's a nice dog. Yeah. Was it a good dog? It was a great dog. You got Coco here. Coco's being a bad dog today. Mm-hmm. Coco's just going around, going totally ape while we're trying to record this podcast. Barking. Here's the eating thing. Eating my chocolates. It, a lot of people don't know this about me. Sure, everyone knows how much I love my dog Coco, mm-hmm. and everybody knows how much I uh, love my dog uh, Woofy, who who passed about a year and a half ago. Um. What a lot of people don't know is that I was against getting a dog. Yeah. Well, okay. I didn't. How think, did that go down? I didn't think I would be willing to do the work. I had not had a dog since I was like five years old, um, and the dog that I had when I was five, like I liked it, fine, but I didn't love it the way that some kids love their dog. Mm-hmm. Um, Teresa needed something to take care of because uh, I wouldn't impregnate her. Mm-hmm. So with your dick, exactly. <laughs> well, specifically with my jisms. Excuse me, <laughs> um, I misspoke. Yeah, and uh, so she need, she really wanted something to take care of the uh, various taxidermied and uh, paper mache animals that we had distributed around the house weren't cutting it. Um, but I, I wasn't sure if I would actually be willing to do the taking care of. So we made a complicated deal about who would take care of what. But as soon as I went and met some of these dogs, the thing about a dog, Jordan, is that like a lot of pets, like a lot of pets are neat. Like I think I've always thought pets were neat. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I had turtles and frogs and, you know, I've met a lot of cats and you know what I mean? Like they're neat. It's neat to have a pet. Hamsters and gerbils. But they don't do that much stuff. Like, take a cat, for example. This is a very high-order pet. Sure. It's an intelligent creature, uh, quite lovely, mm-hmm. very soft, um, you know, knows where to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Uh, but at the end of the day, like, a cat doesn't really do anything funny. Uh, I beg to differ. Well, a, well, a kitty does. Yeah. Baby kitty. Sure. We'll do, we'll do a lot of stuff. For... Adolescent, up to adolescent. Okay. Yeah, maybe you're older. Your older cats don't. It'll just do a lot sit of on the windowsill, or it's nice. I'm sure. not. I'm not putting down cats at all. Sure. I've, I'm not in the slightest bit. I like cats, but it there there's this thing that a dog does, which is a dog is. A dog, it's like having, you know how a three-year-old, when it's happy, is just the most amazing thing to have around in the world? Mm -hmm. Like, it just wants to give you a hug. It wants to, like, do something goofy with you. It laughs at all your jokes. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then sometimes a three-year-old turns against you or poops its pants or whatever. Sure. A dog is like that three-year-old. Only furrier and more adorable, mm-hmm. and it's always happy to see you. Sure. That thing about like when you come home and your dog is happy to see you, it could not be more true. It is just such a fucking joy. Like your dog just wants to see you and like jump up and down mm-hmm. and like give you kisses on the face and just like my dog will give me a hug. Sure. My only recommendation is this. 
one thing that I've really enjoyed about the dogs that I've had as an adult is they're on the bigger side of a small dog. This is a dog that's not so small that all it does is be weird and yippy all the time. Mm -hmm. Although, you know, not that Coco isn't occasionally weird and yippy, but like generally she's not. And they're small enough that you can like pick them up and cuddle with them. Sure. And fucking picking picking Coco up and cuddling with her is like the greatest pleasure of my life. Maybe uh, I can maybe I can suggest that yeah. if the husband is you know tenuous about whether or not he wants to get a dog, maybe uh, maybe there's a fostering program in your area uh, that should be pretty easy for him to sign on for just a couple of weeks of dog, and if there's one that you guys really like, then keep that one. Yeah, that is a fantastic idea, and and God forbid. Do not buy a dog from a dog dealer. Sure. There's no reason to do that. There's so many, like, wonderful dogs. Go and meet some of these doggies. You know, we went on this petfinder.com, mm-hmm. um, and it's, you know, it's, it's just this website where all these foster groups and uh, humane societies and so on put up pictures of their dogs. Mm-hmm. And you just go through it, and, like, most of the dogs you're not that into. Like, you think it's a nice dog, but you're not that into it. I'm not some dog guy. I don't love all dogs. It's mostly scruffy dogs, in my opinion. Sure. So then, but then you see a scruffy one, you're like, man, that's really cute. And then you go meet it and maybe it's like kind of weird and jittery and you're like, ah, it's not the dog for me. You meet a lot of dogs that way. You may make some nice friends in the foster community. They'll send a dog mm-hmm. over to your house to stay with you for a couple of weeks and see how it works out. Ah, I love it. I love it. On the other hand, you know, maybe they work all the time. They're never home for the dog, so they shouldn't get a dog. Yeah. If that's the case, don't do that. But if you work at home and you're lonely all the time because the only, only friend you have is Brian the intern. Yeah. You know, and he's mostly, he'll mostly, he'll, he'll help you out if you squirt a Super Bowl on yourself. Super Bowl. Anyway, I just say, I say it's definitely, it's definitely. Something to maybe look into. Exactly. That's what I would say. Now, Jordan. final decision. We're done with the townie subject. Yeah. Um, But there was this one townie call that was so, there was just such a golden moment in it. I felt like I, I had to bring it out. Worth going back to the well. Exactly. Hey, Jordan. Hey, Jesse. This is Brent. Uh, I've got a townie story. I, uh, I worked with, uh, with a couple townies at, during my college years. And one of the townies, he was really eccentric, but he was funny. And he convinced me one day to go to the local strip club so he could see his old Burger King manager strip. That's it. That's all that needs to be said. That's the championship. That's what we were looking for. When we brought up this subject, that is what we were looking for. Bringing your old, you know, uh, Burger King manager, going to see your old Burger King manager strip. Bringing your new coworker to, to go see, see your, your old manager at, from Burger King. From the BK. Strip. The person who taught you how to make a BK broiler. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about the, uh, the economy on this mm-hmm. show. Um, and we're looking for great ways to save the economy. Ah, this one, I, you're going to love this, Jordan. This is really something. This is really a great idea. Hi, Jordan, Jesse. Re-economic crisis solving. I work at the Federal Reserve in D.C., and I recently smiled encouragingly at Chairman Ben Bernanke. So I think things are looking up. Okay, thanks. Bye. That's the kind of things we need to be doing. Yeah. He's our nation's top banker. Yeah. He's our financial system czar, Jordan. Maybe uh, next time you see him, I'm going to be a hearty pat on the back. Absolutely. That's not a bad idea. How about yeah. this? A thoughtful card. Hey, hey. I know I know you're down sometimes lately, but I think you're doing a great job. 
Way to go. Hang in there, buddy. Hang in there, Benny. Mm-hmm. You think they let him call him Bernank? Benny? Yeah. Way to go, Bernank. Bernank from the bank. <laughs> yeah, banking Bernankin. Mm-hmm. How about that? From Macon, Georgia. Is he? Don't know. Yeah, sure he is. He probably is. I think he is. The great state of Macon, Georgia. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, we'll be back in just a second on Jordan, Jesse, Go. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Jordan. Yes. When something important happens to you, what should you do if you're a listener to Jordan, Jesse Go? No, call it in. What's it going to be? It would be selfish of you not to. Absolutely. What does it become once it's recorded? A momentous occasion. You got it! Hi, Jordan, Jesse Go. I have a monumentous occasion. I just had an automatic rifle pointed at me. Um, in full disclosure... Not full-on pointed at me, but uh, I made a joke to uh, somebody in the armored truck business, and apparently they don't take too kindly to that. So uh, the barrel of the gun uh, found its way vaguely in my direction. Um, Not fully, but by the time I decided to tell any about it, I was telling everybody that was pointed at me. There you go. Uh, Again, one of these situations, leaving out vital pieces of information. What was the joke? Yeah. Well, what? Even if it was bad, we want to hear it. We want to know what you said what to that the armored truck employee. Why are you talking to an armored car employee yeah. while they have their gun handy? What was the joke? Wouldn't it be funny if you pointed your uh, yeah. automatic weapon at me? I'm going to steal all the money. Well, one way or the other, there's no doubt that it was monumentous. Sure, but please give us more information. Hi, Jordan and Jesse. This is Maria from Ames, Iowa. I don't know if this is momentous or not, but today I found a prosthetic leg in the Presbyterian Church dumpster by my house. And I feel like I should do something with it, but I don't know what. The obvious answer would be lamp. Uh, but if you guys have any better ideas, I would love to hear them. Uh, thanks a lot. Love the show. Of course that's mo- momentous. There's no doubt that that's no, momentous. Absolutely. It's in the Presbyterian Church uh, dumpster. Sure. It's a prosthetic leg. I mean, come on, give me a break. What's going on there? You know what I'm thinking? Hmm. Maybe she should just keep with the furniture theme, but just... Turn it 15, 20 degrees. How about a side table? It's yeah. got three furniture legs and one, one prosthetic, prosthetic human, human leg. leg. Yeah, It's an idea. I'm throwing it out there. Sure. If you have an idea out there, you can well, want to give yeah, us a call. Yeah, what can she can do with a found prosthetic leg? 206-984 for fun. Okay. Hey, Jordan, Jesse Go. It's Jason from Rockford. Um, momentous occasion. I just got a voicemail from Ed Begley Jr., Look, there's an explanation for that one, but we don't need to hear the explanation. Yeah, that's one of those situations where uh, yeah, it's I best mean, to, uh, you want to know what the joke is that you say to the guy in the armored truck to make him point the gun. But you don't need to know why you got a voicemail nah. from. That's monumental. Absolutely, it's momentous. That's, that's it's a, monumentous. It's a brevity is the soul of wit situation. I got a voicemail from Ed Begley Jr. Fine. You know how he did it? Send him an email. Sure. Hey, you want to give me a call, Ed? Leave me a voicemail. Please. Yeah. Ed called him up on his potato phone or whatever. <laughs> I believe he uses the energy stored in potatoes to, sure, to do most things. Calls. Wouldn't that be fantastic if Ed Begley Jr.'s solution to the uh, to the climate problem uh, and, of course, our nation's energy crisis was to harness potato the power, power inside potatoes to run our nation's clocks? It would be. 
Ah, if you have a momentous occasion, give us a call and let us know about it. 206-984-4FUN is the number to call. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. I felt stressed out during this week's program, Jordan. Yeah? I'm just feeling antsy, jumpy. Yeah. You um, know? You're becoming a woman. <laughs> so I can see how you'd stress out. Jordan, what your, is your budding bosom. What's happening to my body, Jordan? All kinds of crazy shit. We had a good time, though. Yeah. And at the end of the day, we know what's important. Just having a Whitman sampler with a couple of buds. I was going to say multi-tracking. But, oh. You know. Either way. Multi-tracking. There's no doubt. Whitman sampler. If there's one thing we learned from the movie Busting Titan... Busting a magic ball on yourself. If there's one thing we mo- learned from the movie Titan AE, mm-hmm. it's not the story or the content. It's <laughs> the technology you could use to create it. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? And Janine Garofalo. Um, if you have thoughts about the program, uh, 206-984-4FUN. If you'd like to call and ask us a question, suggest an action item... Um, if you have a momentous occasion occur to you, if you have a question for Juanita or a dispute for Judge John Hodgman, um, all there, appropriate. These if you want to sponsor the show, yeah, hey, please sponsor it. Two zero six nine eight four four fun is our telephone number, and uh, jjgo at maximumfun.org is our email address. And I want to say that again too. Don't email me if you want to email something for Jordan Jesse Go jjgo at maximumfun.org so we can both look at it. Um, and, uh, of course our theme music is love you by the free design mm-hmm. and, uh, it's courtesy of light in the attic records. It's a great record. Um, and you should go get it. And, uh, I think that's about it, Jordan. I don't think we need to do anything else. Nope. I just think we'll just close it out. Brian, the intern will bring me some, uh, Korean food. Yeah. And, uh, we'll be done. Something else will happen. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see you next time right here. Bye. I'm Jordan, Jesse, go. <laughs> <laughs>